Krishna, dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in the live studios in Hive, a little village tucked away in southeast England, just near the English Channel in, in Kent. Keeping the, keeping the vibration going. Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotra from Sri Krishna Lila Stava verses 412-416 five verses by Srila Sanatan Goswami glorifying the Srimad Bhagavatam the summum bonum of knowledge. It goes like this. Sarva-shastra-dipi-yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana Srimad Bhagavata Prabho Kalidvandudita Aditya Sri Krishna Paribhartita O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Premabharshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Shri Krishnaya Namostume I bow down to you who is supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Shri Krishna himself. Madeka Bando Matsangin Madguro Man Mahadana Manishtadagamadbhagya Mad Ananda Namostute, my only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu Saduta Dain Atini Chochatakada Hanamunchagadachin Mam Premnarit Kantayospura. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Hare Krishna So, Krishna, the Yadu dynasty, the Kurus, and kings from all over the um, India, they've gathered at <clears throat> Kurukshetra, 
on, on the occasion of a solar eclipse. And we heard yesterday how Draupadi uh, inquired from all the queens of Krishna, the main, main queens, how they became wives of Krishna. Now we're going to continue hearing about this great meeting. Uh, chapter 84 Sacrificial Ceremonies Performed by Vasudev Another one of my favorite chapters. You'll understand why very soon. <clears throat> Among the women present at Kurukshetra during the solar eclipse were Kunti, Gandhari, Draupadi, Subhadra, and the queens of many other kings, as well as the gopis from, from Vrindavan. When the, when the different queens of Lord Krishna were submitting their statements as to how they had been married and accepted by Lord Krishna as his wives, all the female members of the Guru dynasty were struck with wonder. They were filled with admiration at how all the queens of Krishna were attached to him with love and affection. When they heard about the queen's intensity of love and affection for Krishna, they could not check their eyes from filling with tears. While the women were engaged in conversations among themselves and the men were similarly engaged in conversation, there arrived from all directions almost all the important sages and ascetics who had come for the purpose of seeing Lord Krishna and Balarama. Chief among the sages were Krishna Dvaipayan of Vyas, the great sage Narda, Chaivana, Devala, Asita, Vishwamrita, Shatananda, Shatananda, Bharadvaj, Gotama, Lord Parashuram, along with his disciples, Vasishta, Galvala, Galava, Brigu, Pulastya, Kashapa, Atri, Markandeya, Brihaspati, Dviti, Tritya, Dvita, Trita, Ekata, the four Kumaras, the four Kumara sons of Brahma, Sanaka, Sanandana, Sanatana, and Sanat Kumara, Angira, Agastya, Yagyavalkya, and Bamadev. As soon as the sages and ascetics arrived, all the kings, including Maharaj Yudhishthir and the other Pandavas, and Lord Krishna and Balarama, immediately got up from their seats and offered respects by bowing down to the universally respected sages. After this, the sages were properly welcomed by being offered seats and water for washing their feet, palatable fruits, garlands of flowers, incense, and sandalwood pulp were presented, and all the kings, led by Krishna and Balarama, worshipped the sages according to the Vedic rules and regulations. When all the sages were comfortably seated, Lord Krishna, who descended for the protection of religion, began to address them on behalf of all the kings. 
When Krishna began to speak, <clears throat> all became silent, being eager to hear and understand his welcoming words to the sages. Lord Krishna spoke thus, All glories to the assembled sages and ascetics. Today we all feel that our lives have become successful. Today we have achieved the desired goal of life because we, are, we now see face to face <clears throat> all the exalted, liberated sages Today we have achieved the desired goal of life because now we see face to face all the exalted liberated sages and ascetics whom even the great demigods in the heavens desire to see. Persons who are neophytes in devotional service and who simply offer their respectful obeisances to the deity in the temple but cannot realize that the Lord is situated in everyone's heart and those who simply worship different demigods for fulfillment of their own lusty desires are, un un are un unable to understand the importance of these sages. They cannot take advantage of receiving these sages by seeing them with their eyes, by touching their lotus feet, by inquiring about their welfare or by diligently worshipping them. Neophyte devotees or religionists cannot understand the importance of great Mahatmas. They go to the temple as a matter of formality and pay their respectful obeisances unto the deity. But when one is promoted to the next platform of transcendental consciousness, one can understand the importance of Mahatmas and devotees. And in that stage, one tries to please them. Therefore, Lord Krishna said that the neophyte cannot understand the importance of great sages, devotees, or ascetics. Lord Krishna continued, One cannot purify himself merely by traveling to holy places of pilgrimage and taking a bath there or by seeing the demigods' forms in the temples. But if one happens to meet a great devotee, a Mahatma, who is a representative of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, one is immediately purified. To become purified, one is enjoined to worship the fire, the sun, the moon, the earth, the water, the air, the sky, and the mind. By worshiping all the elements, and the predominating deities, one can gradually become free from the influence of envy. <clears throat> but, but all the sins of an envious person can be nullified sim immediately simply by serving a great soul. My dear revered sages and respectable kings, you can take it from me that a person who accepts this material body made of three elements, mucus, bile, and air, as his own self, who considers his family and, and relatives his own, who accepts material things as worshipable, or who visit holy places, or who visits holy places of pilgrimage, just to take a bath there, but never associates with great personalities, sages, 
and Mahatmas. Such a person, even though in the form of a human being, is nothing but an animal like an ass. When the Supreme Authority, Lord Krishna, was speaking with great, with great gravity, all the sages and ascetics remained in dead silence. They were amazed upon hearing him speak the absolute philosophy of life in such a concise way. Unless one is very much advanced in knowledge, one thinks his body to be his self, his family members to be his own, and the land of his birth to be worshipable. From this concept of life, the modern ideology of nationalism has sprung up. Lord Krishna condemned such ideas, and he also condemned persons who take the trouble to go to holy places of pilgrimage just to take a bath and come back without taking the opportunity to associate with the great devotees and Mahatmas living there. Such persons are compared to the most foolish animal, the ass. All those who heard <clears throat> all those who heard considered the speech of Lord Krishna for some time and they concluded that Lord Krishna was actually the Supreme Personality of Godhead playing the role of an ordinary human being who was forced to take a certain type of body as a result of the reactions of his past deeds. He was assuming this pastime as an ordinary human simply to teach the people in general how they should live for perfection of the human mission. Having concluded that Krishna was the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the sages addressed him thus, Dear Lord, we, the leaders of human society, are supposed to possess the proper philosophy of life. Yet we are bewildered by the spell of your external energy. We are surprised to see your behavior, which is just like that of an ordinary human being, and which conceals your real identity as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And we therefore consider your pastimes to be all wonderful. Our dear Lord, by, our, by your own energy, you create, maintain, and annihilate the whole cosmic manifestation of different names and forms in the same way that the earth creates many forms of stone, trees, and other varieties of names and forms, and yet remains the same. Although you create varieties of manifestations through your energy, you are unaffected by all those actions. Our dear Lord, we are simply stunned to see your wonderful acts. Although you are transcendental to this entire material creation and are the Supreme Lord and the Super Soul of all living entities, you appear on this earth by your internal potency to protect your devotees and destroy the miscreants. By such an appearance, you re-establish the principles of eternal religion, which human society forgets 
by long association with the material energy. Our dear Lord, you are the creator of the social orders and spiritual statuses of human society according to quality and work. And when these orders are misguided by unscrupulous persons, you appear and set them right. Dear Lord, the Vedic knowledge is the representation of your pure heart. Austerities, study of the Vedas, and meditative trances lead to different realizations of yourself in your manifested and non-manifested aspects. The entire phenomenal world is a manifestation of your impersonal energy, but you yourself as the original personality of Godhead, are not manifested there. You are the Supreme Soul, <clears throat> the Supreme Brahman. Persons who are situated in Brahminical culture therefore can understand the truth about your transcendental form. Thus, you always hold the Brahmanas in respect and you are considered to be the topmost of all followers of Brahminical culture. You are therefore known as Brahmanya Deva. Our dear Lord, you were the last word in good fortune and the last resort of all saintly persons. Therefore we all consider that we have achieved the perfection of our life, education, austerity, and acquisition of transcendental knowledge by meeting you. Factually, you are the ultimate goal of all transcendental achievements. Our dear Lord, there is no end to your unlimited knowledge. Your form is transcendental, eternally existing in full bliss and knowledge. You are the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Supreme Brahman, the Supreme Soul, being covered by the spell of your internal potency, Yogamaya, you are now temporarily concealing your unlimited potencies. But still, we can understand your exalted position. And therefore, all of us offer you our respectful obeisances. Dear Lord, you are enjoying your pastimes in the role of a human being, concealing your real character of transcendental opulence. Therefore, None of the kings present here, even the members of the Yadu dynasty, who constantly mingle with you, eat with you, and sit with you, can understand that you are the original cause of all causes, the soul of everyone, the original cause of all creation. When a person dreams at night, hallucinatory figures created by the dream are accepted as real and the imaginary dream body is accepted as one's real body. For the time being, one forgets that besides the body created in hallucination, there is another real body in his awakened state. Similarly, in the awakened state also, the bewildered conditioned soul considers sense enjoyment to be real happiness. By the process of enjoying the senses of the material body, the spirit soul is covered and his consciousness becomes materially 
contaminated. It is due to the <clears throat> it is due to material consciousness that one cannot understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna. All great mystic yogis endeavor to revive their Krishna consciousness by mature practice of the yoga system just to understand your lotus feet. They meditate upon your transcendental form to counteract their accumulated sinful reactions. It is said that the water of the Ganges can vanquish volumes of a person's sinful reactions. But the Ganges water is glorious only due to your lotus feet. The Ganges water flows as perspiration from the lotus feet of your Lordship. And we are all so fortunate <clears throat> and we are all so fortunate that today we have been able to see your lotus feet directly. Dear Lord, we are all surrendered souls, devotees of your Lordship. Therefore, please be kind and bestow your causeless mercy upon us. We know well that persons who have become liberated by constant engagement in your devotional service are no longer contaminated by the material modes of nature. Thus, they have become eligible to be promoted to the kingdom of God in the spiritual world. After first offering prayers to Lord Krishna, the, assemb the assembled sages wanted to take permission from K King Dhritarashtra and King Yudhishthira and then depart for the respective ashramas. At that time, however, Vasudev, the father of Lord Krishna and the most celebrated of all pious men, approached the sages and with great humility offered his respects by falling down at their feet. Vasudev said, My dear great sages, you are more respected than the demigods. I therefore offer my respectful obeisances unto you. I wish for you to accept my one request, if you so desire. I shall consider it a great blessing if you kindly explain the supreme fruitive activity by which one can counteract the reactions of all other activities. The great sage Narda was the leader of all the sages present. Therefore he began to speak. My dear sages, he said, it is not very difficult to understand that because of his great goodness and simplicity, Vasudeva who has become the father of the personality of Godhead by accepting Krishna as his son, is inclined to ask us about his welfare. It is said that familiarity breeds contempt. As such, Vasudeva, having Krishna as his son, does not regard Krishna with awe and veneration. Sometimes it is seen that persons living on the bank of the Ganges do not consider the Ganges very important and they go far away to take their baths at a place of pilgrimage. There is no need for Vasudeva to ask us for instruction 
when Lord Krishna is personally present, because his knowledge is never second in any circumstance. His knowledge is not affected by the process of creation, maintenance, and annihilation, nor is it ever influenced by any agency beyond himself, nor is it agitated by the interactions of the material qualities or changed in the course of time. His transcendental form is full of knowledge which never becomes agitated by ignorance, pride, attachment, envy, or sense enjoyment. His activities, nor, it, nor is it... His knowledge is never subject to the laws of karma regarding pious or impious activities, nor is it influenced by the three modes of material nature. No one is greater than or equal to him because he is the supreme authority, the personality of Godhead. The ordinary conditioned human being may think that the conditioned soul, who is covered by his materialistic senses, mind and intelligence, is equal to Krishna. But Lord Krishna is just like the sun, which although it sometimes may appear to be so, is never covered by the cloud, snow, or fog, or by other planets during an eclipse. When the eyes of less intelligent men are covered by such influences, they think the sun to be invisible. Similarly, persons who are influenced by senses addicted to material enjoyment cannot have a clear vision of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The sages present then began to address Vasudev in the presence of Lord Krishna, Balarama, and many other kings, and, as requested by him, they gave their instructions. To counteract the reactions of fruitive activities and the desires impelling one to fruitive activities, one must, with faith and devotion, execute the prescribed sacrifices meant for worshipping Lord Vishnu. Lord Vishnu is the beneficiary of all the results of sacrificial performances. Great personalities and sages who are able to see everything clearly through the eyes of the revealed scriptures and possess vision of the three phases of the time element, namely past, present and future, have unanimously recommended that to purify the dust of material contamination accumulated in the heart and to clear the path of liberation and thereby achieve transcendental bliss, one must please Lord Vishnu. For everyone living as a householder in one of the higher social orders, Brahmana, Chatri, and Vaishya, this worship of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Vishnu, who is known as Purushottam, the original person, is recommended as the only auspicious path. All conditioned souls within this material world have deep-rooted desires to lord it over the resources of material nature. Everyone wants to accumulate riches. Everyone wants to enjoy life to the greatest extent. Everyone wants a wife, home, and children, and everyone wants to become happy in this world and be elevated 
to the heavenly planets in the next life. But these desires are the causes of one's material bondage. Therefore, to get liberation from this bondage, one has to sacrifice his honestly earned riches for the satisfaction of Lord Vishnu. The only process to counteract all sorts of material desires is to engage oneself in the devotional service of Lord Vishnu. In this way, a self-controlled person, even while remaining in householder life, should give up the three kinds of material desires, namely, the desire for the acquisition of material opulences, for the enjoyment of wife and children, and for elevation to higher planets. Eventually, he should give up household life and accept the renounced order, engaging himself completely in the devotional service of the Lord. Everyone, even if born in a higher status as a Brahmana, Chatya, or Vaishya, is certainly indebted to the demigods, to the sages, to the forefathers, and to other living entities. And in order to liquidate all these debts, one has to perform sacrifices, study the Vedic literature, and generate children in religious householder life. If somehow one accepts the renounced order of life without liquidating these debts, he certainly falls down from his position. Today, you have already liquidated your debts to your forefathers and the sages. Now, by performing sacrifices, you can free yourself from indebtedness to the demigods and thus take complete shelter of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. My dear Vasudev, certainly you have already performed many pious activities in your previous lives. Otherwise, how could you be the father of Krishna and Balarama, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Saintly Vasudev, after mm, Saintly Vasudev, after hearing all the sages, offered his respectful obeisances unto their lotus feet. In this way, he pleased the sages, and then he requested them to perform the yagyas. When the sages were selected as priests of the sacrifices, they in turn induced Vasudev to collect the required paraphernalia for executing the yagyas in that place of pilgrimage. When Vasudeva was thus persuaded to start to perform the yagyas, all the members of the Yadu dynasty took their baths, dressed themselves very nicely, decorated themselves beautifully, and garlanded themselves with lotus flowers. Vasudeva's wives, dressed with nice garments and ornaments, and golden necklaces approached the arena of sacrifice carrying in their hands the required articles to offer in the sacrifice. When everything was complete, there was heard the vibration of mridangas, conch shells, kettle drums, and other music, musical instruments. Professional dancers, both male and female, began to dance. The suttas and magadas who were professional singers, began to offer prayers by singing. And the Gandharvas and their wives, whose voices were very sweet, 
began to sing many auspicious songs. Vasudeva anointed his eyes with black cosmetic, smeared butter over his body, and then, along with his eighteen wives, headed by Devaki, sat before the priests to be purified by the Abhishek ceremony. While the ceremony was being observed, strictly according to the principles of the scriptures, Vasudeva resembled a moon encircled by stars. Because he was being initiated for the sacrifice, he was dressed in a deerskin, but all his wives were dressed with very nice saris, bangles, necklaces, ankle bells, earrings, and many other ornaments. Vasudeva looked very beautiful, surrounded by his wives, exactly like the king of heaven when he, when he performs such sacrifices. At that time, <clears throat> when Lord Krishna and Lord Balarama, along with their wives, children, and relatives, sat down in that great sacrificial arena, it appeared that the Supreme Personality of Godhead was present along with all the living entities and multi-energies that, that are part of Him. We have heard from the Shastras that Lord Krishna has multi-energies and parts and parcels. But now, in that sacrificial arena, all could actually experience how the Supreme Personality of Godhead eternally exists with His different energies. At that time, Lord Krishna appeared as Lord Narayana and Lord Balarama appeared as Sankarsana, the reservoir of all living entities. Vasudeva satisfied Lord Vishnu by performing different kinds of sacrifices such as Jyotishtoma and Darsha Purnamasa. Some of, some of these yagyas are called Prakrita and some of them are known as Shorya, Satra or Vaikrita. Therefore, thereafter, the other sacrifices known as Agnihotra were also performed and the prescribed articles were offered in the proper way. Thus, Lord Vishnu was pleased. The ultimate purpose of offering oblations and sacrifice is to please Lord Vishnu. But in this age of Kali, it is very difficult to collect the different articles required for offering sacrifices. People have neither the means to collect the required paraphernalia nor the necessary knowledge or tendency to offer such sacrifices. Therefore, in this age of Kali, when people are mostly unfortunate, full of anxieties, and disturbed by various kinds of calamities, the only sacrifice recommended is the performance of Sankirtan Yajna. Worshipping Lord Chaitanya by the Sankirtan Yajna is the only recommended process in this age. After the performance of the different sacrifices, Vasudeva offered ample riches, clothing, ornaments, cows, land, and maidservants to the priests. Thereafter, all the wives of Vasudeva took their Abhabrita baths and performed the part of the sacrificial duties known as Patni Samyaja. 
after visiting, after finishing the offering with all the required paraphernalia, they all took their baths together in the lakes constructed by Parashuram, which are known as the Rama Radha. After Vasudeva and his wives took their baths, all the garments and ornaments they had worn were distributed to the subordinate persons engaged in singing, dancing, and similar activities. We may note that the performance of sacrifice necessities, necessitates the profuse distribution of riches. Charity is offered to the priests and the brahmanas in the beginning, and used garments and ornaments are offered in charity to the subordinate assistants after the performance of the sacrifice. After offering, <clears throat> after offering the used articles to the singers and reciters, Vasudeva and his wives, dressed with new, new ornaments and garments, fed everyone very sumptuously, from the brahmanas down to the dogs. After this, all the friends, family members, wives and children of Vasudeva assembled together, along with all the kings, and members of the Vidarbha, Koshala, Kuru, Kashi, Kekaya, and Srinjaya dynasties. The priests, the demigods, the people in general, the forefathers, the ghosts, and the charanas were all generous, generously, generously remunerated by being offered ample gifts and respectful honor. Then all the persons assembled there took permission from Lord Krishna, the husband of the goddess of fortune, and while glorifying the perfection of the sacrifice made by Vasudeva, they departed to their respective homes. At that time, when King Dhritarashtra, Vidura, Yudhishthir, Bhima, Arjuna, Bhishmadev, Dronacharya, Kunti, Nukula, Sahadev, Narda, Lord Vyasadeva, and many other relatives and kinsmen were about to depart, they felt separation and therefore embraced each and every member of the Yadu dynasty with great feeling. Many others who were assembled in that sacrificial arena also departed. After this, Lord Krishna and Lord Balarama along with King Ugrasena, satisfied the inhabitants of Vrindavan, headed by Maharaj Nanda and the cowherd men, by profusely offering all kinds of gifts to worship them and please them. Out of their great feelings of friendship, the inhabitants of Vrindavan remained there for a considerable time with the members of the Yadu dynasty. After, after performing this sacrifice, Vasudev felt so satisfied that there was no limit to his happiness. All the members of his family were with him and in their presence he caught hold of the hands of Nanda Maharaj and addressed him thus, My dear brother, the Supreme Personality of Godhead has created a great tie of bondage known as the bondage of love and affection. I think that it is a very difficult job even for even the great sages and saintly persons 
to cut such a tie of love. My dear brother, you have exhibited feelings of love for me that I was not able to return. I think therefore that I am ungrateful. You have behaved exactly as is characteristic of saintly persons, but I shall never be able to repay you. I have no means to repay you for your friendly dealings. Nevertheless, I am confident that our tie of love will never break. Our friendship must ever continue in spite of my inability to repay you. I hope you will excuse me for this inability. My dear brother, in the beginning, due to my being imprisoned, I could never serve you as a friend. And although at the present moment I am very opulent, because of my material prosperity, I have become blind. I therefore cannot satisfy you properly, even at this time. My dear brother, you are so nice and gentle that you offer all respect to others, but don't care for any respect for yourself. A person seeking auspicious progress in life must avoid possessing too much material opulence so that he will not become blind and puffed up and he should take care of his friends and relatives. When Vasudeva was speaking to Nanda Maharaj in this way, he was influenced by a great feeling for the friendship of Nanda Maharaj and the beneficial activities executed by King Nanda on his behalf. As such, his eyes filled with tears and he began to cry. Nanda Maharaj, desiring to please his friend Vasudev and being affectionately bound with love for Lord Krishna and Balarama, passed three months in their association. At the end of this time, all the members of the Yadu dynasty tried to please the inhabitants of Vrindavan to their heart's content. The members of the Yadu dynasty tried to satisfy Nanda Maharaj and his associates by offering them clothing, ornaments and many other valuable articles and they all became fully satisfied. Vasudev, Ugrasena, Lord Krishna, Lord Balarama, Uddhava, and all other members of the Yadu dynasty presented their individual gifts to Nanda Maharaj and his associates. After Nanda Maharaj received these farewell presentations, he, along with his associates, started for Brajabhumi, Vrindavan. The minds of the inhabitants of Vrindavan remained, however, with Krishna and Balarama, and therefore all of them started for Vrindavan without their minds. Hare Krishna. When the members of the Vishnu Dent family saw all their friends and visitors departing, they observed that the rainy season was approaching and thus they decided to return to Dwarka. They were fully satisfied for they regarded Krishna as everything. When they returned to Dwarka, they described with great satisfaction the sacrifice performed by Vasudev, their meeting with various friends and will-wishers and various other incidents that had occurred 
during their travels in the places of pilgrimage. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purport of the 84th chapter of Krishna, Sacrificial Ceremonies Performed by Vasudeva. All glories to all the personalities who were present at this time, all the great sages, all the yadus, kurus, and other dynasties, and especially the Brajabhasis, headed by Nanda Maharaj. Hare Krishna. And the affection that they all felt for one another satisfied them complete, completely. Hare Krishna. Okay, it's a little after 8 o'clock. And we will humbly request the assembled sages and devotees who are listening to please share with us their reflections and discuss the subject matter discussed in this chapter. Hare Krishna. Questions from Brian Phillips. Hare Bo, Bhakti Brian. <coughs> he says, Hare Krishna Maharaj and fellow nectar addicts. <laughs> there you go. Spoken like a true saintly person. From Anandamurti Devi Dasi. Yes, Anandamurti. She says, Hare Krishna, dear Guru Maharaj, and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Today I understand that that is why you always stress about the importance of the assembly of devotees. I offer my respectful obeisances unto your lotus feet and to all the devotees' feet who are regularly hearing Srila Prabhupada's books. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much for that perfect uh, explanation of the, of the chapter. Hare Krishna. Rati Manjari says Jai Guru Maharaj. Jai Rati. Sudevi Dasi says Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna Sudevi Dasi. Hare Bo. Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all friends. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. All glories to His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada. From Bhakta Rupa. Hare Bo, Bhakta Rupa. He says, Thanks for reading this evening, Maharaj. Something very satisfying about hearing about these sacrifice. Oh yes. We got to hear from the sage. First of all, we got to hear Krishna speaking about the sages. And it was so simple and pure and true that they became bewildered. And then we got to hear the, the sages, the, the sages uh, speak about Krishna, which was full of transcendental knowledge perfect knowledge complete knowledge 
and then we got to hear Vasudev praising the sages and the sages praising Vasudev. You get the idea? The, the spiritual world is a mutual admiration society, Krishna said, where all the devotees are appreciating one another, their qualities and their activities and their pure devotional service and in, in love to, to Krishna, Balaram. True words were never spoken. Hare Krishna. Also from Bhakti Rupa, he says, there was so much love in the air between the residents of Vrindavan and the Yadus. It's somehow so pleasing to hear about it. Yes, and in, in the, you know, this is a summary study of that incident. And in the, in the Bhagavatam itself, it's described that Nanda Maharaj kept making a plan to go <laughs> and then changing his mind. And actually everyone was eager to go back because the rainy season was coming. But Nanda Maharaj couldn't bear to go without Krishna. <laughs> so they understood after a while that only Krishna could convince Nanda Maharaj to go home. So they had Krishna speak to him. And in that speech, he, Krishna explained to Nanda Maharaj all the different things that were going to happen before he came back to Vrindavan and that then he would come back to Vrindavan. And therefore, Nanda Maharaj couldn't refuse Krishna. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Braj Palamba. Haribo Braj. He says, Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Jai, glory to Prabhupada. Glory to Srila Prabhupada. After hearing all of this, I was thinking of what use is mundane entertainment such as movies when we have this positive, uplifting, and instructional shastra. Spot on. That was a fa fantastic realization. Thanks. From Rati Manjari. Mm. She says, Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my grateful obeisances. Tonight I was touched to hear how deeply and sincerely Vasudev, Vasudev elaborated on his feelings of love and friendship for Nanda Maharaj. Oh, yes. It reminded me of the verse in the Nectar of Instruction in which Srila Rupa Goswami describes the six loving exchanges between devotees. Yes. Offering gifts and receiving gifts, offering prasadam and receiving prasadam, and opening the heart in confidence and hearing confidentially. This chapter is a lively illumination of these six loving exchanges. Absolutely. Very deep, very deep example of that verse. For sure. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Well, that's really a wonderful chapter and it's just brimming over with knowledge and affection. Something just came in from Rati Manjari. Something more from Rati. Okay. Today we had a wonderful Maha Harinam in Maastricht, the capital city of the 12th province of Holland. Wow. We were around 75 devotees strong. Wow. And everyone fully dove into it. 
Wow, fantastic. We had a, we had a wonderful parade through the, through the city distributing flyers, books, and prasadam. Fantastic. Well done, Radim, well done. As we heard in this chapter, the only sacrifice is that Harinam Sankirtan Yagya, especially done in, in public, to, to give the holy name to others. Even people are just passing by and don't say anything. They become eligible for going back to Godhead eventually by hearing the holy name chanted by pure devotees under the direction of Lord Chaitanya. Hare Krishna. I want to thank you for inspiring me to engage in this amazing activity. Everyone is becoming so enlivened by it. Yes. And as I said, when you first started to do this, even when you're just by yourself in the rain going through the streets of Amsterdam, that if you just keep doing this steadily, just like we've been reading now for more than three years, steadily, almost every day, and it's just becoming better and better and better, and more people are, more devotees are tuning in, and uh, it's all auspicious, and therefore, anandam bhudivardhanam, it will continue to increase in ecstasy. Therefore, the soul is satisfied. Hare Krishna. From Bhaktarupa, he says, Thank you, Maharaj. You are a shining light. <laughs> I think I have a light that went off a long time ago. Anyway, Hare Krishna, thank you for the encouragement. Rati Manjari says, By your blessing, it is all happening. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu ki jai, Shri mm -hmm. Nityananda Prabhu ki jai, the Panchatattva ki jai, mm -hmm. Radha Krishna, Radhisham Sundar, in Vrindavan. You notice I can't know. I don't know if you can see closely, but the deities of Radhisham Sundar from Vrindavan are in the center of our altar today, and and they look so beautiful and so young and fresh and innocent. It's incredible. The most beautiful deities in the world, without a doubt. Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, ki jai. Samabeda bhakta vrinda, ki jai. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories, all glories, all glories to Sri Sri Guru and Gauranga. Gaura, Premanandi, Hari Hari Bo. Thank you very much, everybody. And please share this nectar. Uh, Let's get more people involved. Where energy flows, energy goes. See you tomorrow night. Same time, same place, same topic. The inconceivably sweet, intoxicating pastimes of Sri Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the destroyer of illusion and unhappiness to the conditioned souls. Hare Krishna. See you tomorrow.